The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Flacco takes the shotgun snap to play fake to Strong with time setting up something down the field on the crosser. Pockets it. There it is. Amari Cooper to the 10, to the end zone, to the touchdown. We got a one-point game, point pending in Cleveland. Under a minute to go, third and 15. The ball on the 47th of Cleveland. Snap back, pressure from Brisker on the blitz. Throws to an open man. It's Njoku for the first down inside the 40. Running left down the sidelines. And Eddie Jackson finally catches up to him. At the 19-yard line of the Bears with 46 seconds to go in the game. From the right hash, snap is down. Swings his right leg, and Dustin Hopkins is good. From 34 yards, Cleveland lead. Snap to Fields, steps up. Now he's just got to launch. It's going to be a Hail Mary coming to the near side. Launches into the end zone. Middle of the end zone. Passes batted around. And it oh. is intercepted by Cleveland. Joniak in there. Uh, I told Joniak he was fantastic in the third quarter getting me home from downtown. Then I um, then I heard the brutal broadcast on Fox in the fourth quarter. Mark Sanchez not good yesterday, um, and the Bears not good in the fourth quarter yesterday. As they lose, Waddle and Sylvie getting you home now three one two three three two three seven seven six. Kind of a quiet day outside on State Street. I think everyone's in holiday mode. Yeah, I think usually that means are. a lot of traffic, a lot of foot traffic. Haven't seen a lot of foot traffic today. Don't know why. Mm. Doesn't it seem a little light for 5 o'clock? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I will tell you, yesterday evening, oh, it, it was, was hopping down here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I left at halftime, I don't know if there were a bunch of shows going on down here, like theater events, but it was it was nuts downtown. Nuts. Um, but anyway, here here are some of the stats I gave earlier on on the putting it into historic nature on what the Bears did again. And again, remember, they blew that Denver game. They blew that Lions game. Two of those games were some of the worst losses in Bears history. Um, some uh, There were a couple stats in those games that hadn't been done in NFL history. Um, here's one um, that basically in the last decade... This was the first time that this has had this had had, a, had happened since 2015. Teams that had three or more sacks, three or more interceptions to go along with a pick six were 40 and 0 in games. Now, after the Bears, they're 40 and one. So they were like no team had lost in 40 games that were dominant like the Bears were with the sacks, the takeaways, and then the pick six. But the Bears found a way to lose a game like that. No head coach in NFL history has ever lost multiple games in a single year despite owning a 10 or more point lead with at least a two or more turnover margin heading into the fourth quarter. They've had that this year, uh, like in the Lions game and like in this game. And the Bears continue to lose that. And again, not just blown lead games. 
historic losses that we've never seen before. That's and that's like one of the conundrums when when you ask the question. I mean, really, did the defense play well yesterday? How do you answer the question? Well, in three quarters, they did. Well, but the game's four quarters. Right, of course. And, and of course, closing teams out is more important. How you finish, in most instances, is usually more indicative of how the game goes versus how you start. Right. So, like, did they do a lot of brilliant things in the first 45 minutes? Yes. If I asked you the question, though, how did the defense play yesterday, how could you say they played well? Joe Flacco ended up throwing for 212 yards in the fourth quarter. They scored 13 unanswered points in the, in the fourth quarter. And at the end of the day, Joe Flacco threw for 375 yards. The stat I was going to give you that, 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 that Danny Zetterman brought to my attention, it was a fact from Dan Weederer, our old buddy Dan Weederer, who said the 212 yards that Flacco threw for in the fourth quarter. Now, again, you may give this whatever you is, whatever you want, but these are the types of things that, you know, people have fun with numbers. Our quarterback has only thrown for 212 yards or more nine times in his career. Not in the fourth quarter, in the entire game. Is that indicative of anything? N- not necessarily, but just to give you kind of a feel for how impactful Joe Flacco's 212 passing yards were in the fourth quarter alone. One quarter. Our quarterback's done it nine times as an entire career in almost nine, uh, three years. Has he ever thrown for as many yards as Flacco has thrown for in yesterday's game in its entirety? I don't, I don't believe so. I think Justin's got one 300-yard game. In his career, Flacco's had back-to-back games. Look, and again, it, it's not. I'm not suggesting it's indicative of anything long-term. It's just food for thought. Joe Flacco was not wanted by any team in the National Football League in a year where we're having a record yeah. amount of backup quarterbacks. Doesn't that surprise you now? And this is not just, you, you know, outcome bias. Like, Joe Flacco... At the age of 38 is better. I just read you there were 12 guys that play backup quarterbacks playing in the league this past week. You're going to tell me that Joe Flacco isn't better or wasn't a better option than half of them? Well, I think most teams want a younger guy. Want a guy who's going to be a part of their future. If you're the Jets, you're kicking yourself in the nuggets right now. Once Aaron Rodgers goes out. He was on that team. Right. But, I mean, once Aaron Rodgers goes out, aren't you calling him? Well, they clearly chose not to. Uh, Fields' career high is 335 passing yards against the Broncos this year. And Flacco threw for how many yards 375. Yesterday? So Joe Flacco off the couch uh, in November threw for more yards against the Bears than Justin Fields has ever thrown for in his career. And listen, this is more of an indictment on the Bears' defense than it is it's, the Bears' it, quarterback. Well, I think it's both. I, 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 I truly do. I think, it's, I think it shows, it puts in perspective where both are. Well, like, again, everyone wants to fight for Fields. Joe Flacco can arrive off of his couch. Joe Flacco, by the way, was playing behind four backup offensive linemen yesterday. That, uh, uh, so, like, again, when, when all the Bears fans who do support Fields, I want to say, well, it's the line's fault. It's Getze's fault. What did you just say about the line? They were playing four backups. In some instances, you were down to your third. I think one of your tackles was your third choice. Did you hear about their center, too, yesterday? Well, he was, there was a backup center. 
or one of I think it was their center. One of their starting offensive linemen was a fullback. <laughs> I, I think. Well, I, I think the story was I heard Joniak say, or they told us on the on the pregame show, one of their starting either guard or their center was at one time like their starting fullback. Or, or at least playing fullback for their team. By the way, their their other defensive end, starting defensive end, was out. One of their linebackers was out. Their leading tackler was out. I believe one of their other safeties was out. Now, they did get Denzel Ward back, but I want to say their defense was missing four key components. Uh, uh, then, it's, as, it's as banged up of a team as the Bears have played all season right. long. It's why I was so disappointed. You needed to get out of Cleveland with a win. You needed to survive in advance and move to six and eight with a home, two home games for the holidays. Come home for the holidays and get to five hundred, and you failed to do that. Um, the other stat, another like eye popper, eye popper that had never happened in the last ten years. The Browns had not had two receivers go for over a hundred yards in the same game since twenty thirteen. And they had two receivers go for over 100 yards against the Bears yesterday. Hadn't happened since 2013. All these things, you can't keep the coach. No matter what you think that they're coming into its own, coming into their own, Joe Flacco off the couch, throwing for that many yards in the fourth quarter, uh, blowing these leads like they're doing, giving up some of these historical numbers that haven't happened to the Browns in over 10 years, you cannot keep the head coach. How does this quarterback in the tight end, like they talked about how uh, our chemistry is fabulous. They've been together now for, what, three weeks? Last week, Njoku had eight catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns. Yesterday, he had, I'm sorry, six catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns against the Jags. And yesterday he had 10 catches for 104 yards and one touchdown. Like, these guys have only worked together right. for like three weeks. And Joku has had like a really weird year. Didn't he have like a, a terrible house accident where he got burned on like yeah, 25% of his body or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he had a fire in his house and it burned his face. And he remember uh, for a couple of weeks he was coming to the pregame with that mask on because he didn't want to sh- show the burning scars on his face he was walking in it's it's crazy that and now joe flacco comes here and um it's just on like you could have never imagined like again flacco had a, a really good day last last week against jacksonville threw for better than 300 yards this is their fourth quarterback and Joe Flacco threw for 311 last week in a 31-27 win over the Jags. He threw for 374. Sorry, gave him an extra yard yesterday in their win over us. Hmm. All right, let's take all your calls. Derek on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Derek? Hey, fellas, how's it going? We're hanging uh, in there. I have to disagree with you, Sylvie, and give me a minute here. Uh, Mark Sanchez, I watched the game from front to back. I thought from a quarterback's perspective, objectively. Objectively, he was spot on. Mm. Here's what he did today when I watched him this afternoon on another show. He said if you remove the goal line plays, you remove the red zone plays, the Bears ran 50 plays out of 70. They ran 50 offensive plays, 40 of which were passing plays. He was talking about the coaching. Yesterday, he continually mentioned 
how we were calling plays, run versus pass plays, especially when we had, with eight minutes to go, we had a 10-point lead or a seven-point lead, and we started off that drive with eight minutes to go, started out with a pass. Then when the game was tied, we started out with a run. He was pointing out the coaching. Now, let me say this to you. I like Justin Fields. I wish he would have worked out. I really do. I really believe that Justin Fields is more of a failure of the coaching because some coaches can't coach great athletes. They can coach great position players. Justin Fields is more of an athlete than he is a quarterback. He can throw to open receivers, but he can't throw receivers open. I get that. I've watched it. I love him. We've got to draft Caleb Williams, no doubt about it. At the same time, though, you've got to clean house with coaching. The coaching sucks. Luke Getze is a quarterback's coach. He's not an offensive coordinator. He doesn't know how to game plan. And we talk a lot about quarterbacks taking the next step. And coming into the season, people said, hey, Justin Fields, over the last half of last season, looked like he was about to take the next step. He didn't. He didn't. He hasn't taken a big enough step. But Eberflus took a step back as a head coach. He is not. He is not a head coach, especially – when you are calling one side of the game, it highlights you as a head coach. When you are calling the offense or the defense, yesterday, as pointed out by Mark Sanchez, didn't like him as a player, give him credit, indifferent, he didn't play for the Bears. I'm a Bears fan. But when Flacco start to move backwards or left or right to give himself an ad- some additional time, he stopped dropping back and letting the Bears defensive line tee off and gave his receivers and, and tight ends a little extra time, he picked us apart. And our defensive coordinator, who is our head coach, never made the adjustment. He never made – that's why at the end of the game he was talking about, well, you know, I didn't go, do a good job. You've got a clean house. You've got to say, hey, listen, Hackett and with the Jets, Getsy with the Bears, it was more about Aaron Rodgers than it was about those two guys in the Green Bay offense a couple of years ago. And culture building, you heard players today, Mooney and other players, talk about going soft in the fourth quarter. You had players coming out saying things about how the game was called indirectly. That lets me know, whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them or not, that lets me know that if Getsy was hired to be a culture builder because he was built to be someone who could create a culture uh, like he did in Indianapolis with that defense, the culture is gone. They start to blame, point fingers, because like Justin Fears or not, gentlemen, like him or not, yesterday he was let down by lots of people. The offensive line, guys were missing assignments on blitz packages to fullback, thus and so. Why we don't move, if, if Justin Fields feels more comfortable moving around like Cam Newton, let him move around if he's your best weapon. Derek, Remember, thank you. It's a good call, Derek. We got a, we got full phone lines, but... He was let down. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. lots of people. I, I, I hear you. Like, and, and I thought you, you, you brought up a lot of fair points about Justin, and I could not agree more with you about the coaching staff. Listen, I, I've, I've said for you forever, there's, I, I got more than one finger to point if we're pointing fingers. Yeah. I got a whole handful. I'm actually going to use two hands. Shared culpability. Fingers, yeah. Shared culpability across the board. Uh, Patrick on the Northwest side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Patrick? Yeah, thanks, gentlemen. That was a great call. I just want to follow up. You know, if you listen to Weeder, he also brought up 
Justin Fields' career in the fourth quarter, and it's terrible. He's 62% passer rating. He's got 18 turnovers in the fourth quarter. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question. I don't think, uh, you know, and Wani rates him at a 22nd uh, best quarterback. So does Daniels. We cannot go forward with a 22nd best quarterback if, 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 if quarterbacking is that important. My question to you, gentlemen, is if the Bears are going to trade him, which I don't think they're going to get more than a second-round pick, does it happen on draft day or do they do it beforehand? Are they going to wait and see what they're offered? Uh, I'll hang up and listen. I, it, My I, guess would be that they, it would happen before draft day. I think uh, Poles has given you of he's going to jump when he thinks he's got the best offer. Yeah. To, based on the Carolina offer that happened well in advance. If he's got something that he believes is is exactly what he wants, he'll, uh, he's, he's not going to wait just to wait. No, I don't think so. I, I always told you that I uh, I believed that when he gave up the second round pick for Montez Sweat, part of the calculus was that he always thought he would replenish the second round pick by trading Justin. I always thought he had that in the back of his mind. That at the worst worst case scenario, I'm getting this back at some point. Yes, because of the the because at his. He always felt deep down that while Justin was getting better, that he would probably trade Justin. It was never his guy. Michael in Winfield, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Michael? Hey, fellas. Uh, we're just setting records. That's, that's what we're doing. Just, just that's what we do, Michael. Records. We set records in this town. <laughs> uh, but, uh, again, you guys asked Iberflus great questions. Sylvie, one question you forgot to ask him was what is his plan and what is he going to do to make sure that you get out of that stupid swing? Yeah, (laughs) you said it the way I say it, too. I could not believe. Look, there's been times when I knew I was going to be in the swing. Yesterday, I did not. I did not. You'd rather be in a basket. Oh, I I, I, mean, any kind of basket. I did not think I was going to be in that swing yesterday. And that's my point: is how many times is Luke Getze going to pucker up with with a ten with a double digit lead in like the end of the third quarter or fourth quarter? Like, I mean, we're we're running the ball on an, on a defense that allows two point four yards a carry, and one of our running backs has negative six yards. Like, where's the rollouts? There was zero rollouts. Like I told Tyler on Friday, I'm available. I'm available to be the offensive coordinator any Sunday. I will guarantee 28 points a game because you just roll Justin Fields out. If he has trouble holding the ball, he could throw it away because he's out of the tackles. It's just it's mind-boggling how this guy still has a job. Michael, if in I mean, fact, if in fact, you were the court, oh, he's gone oh. now, um, and you didn't average 28 points per game, I was going to ask, what would he be willing to do? Like, if he had the job, he just said he could give you 28 points per game. If he could, he'd probably be a head coach in the National Football League sooner rather than later. Michael himself? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But then we'd lose him as a caller. Or would he call in and do the show with us? Well, he would do the show with us. But if you're an offense coordinator that can help produce 28 <laughs> points per game, you're going to be a head coach sooner rather than later. That's just how it goes. Maybe he's an untapped commodity that we don't know about. Could be. It's just he he he's he says simply I'm going to get you 28 points per game just by rolling you out. Sal in Connecticut, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Sal? 
Hey, guys, a couple of points. Just for a fun fact, Joe Flacco, the Bears had an opportunity to draft him in 2008. Instead, they took Chris Williams because they were going to have a, a quarterback competition between Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been nice if we would have drafted him in 2008 with the number uh, 14th pick? He went to uh, Baltimore, I think, with 18th. Would have been better than drafting a guy with a bad back, too. Chris Williams? Yeah. Yes. Uh, one point that nobody's asking Justin Fields, here's an example. Yesterday on um, in the first quarter towards the end with 2.50 minutes to go, third and eight on the uh, ball on the Cleveland 45, he has Taylor Scott running the um, shallow cross wide open. He, I'm, I don't know why he didn't throw it to him. He could have probably got a first down and been two or three yards uh, short. Instead, he's sitting there holding on to the ball and gets sacked. The question that I've been wanting to know for the last three years, you got guys wide open. Is it because you're not seeing them, or is it because you're looking for the 50-yard bomb? And nobody has asked them that question. It's not the latter, because I showed these guys a play on uh, uh, from the, the, the Lions game where the play was rolled left, and Cole Komet, was, they blew a coverage, and the guy was trailing by five or six yards, and he was totally in Justin's line of sight, and he just decided not to throw it. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, if you sat down, I'm sure when he has his quarterback meetings with everybody's favorite coordinator, Luke Etze, um, they're going to ask that question. Like, what are you seeing here? Explain to me why you don't throw this. Because this is how the play's developed. And, you, you know, Cole goes inside. He's going to run a sail route. He's got a, a D- Detroit safety that, that kind of whiffs on his coverage and then is trailing him by five or six yards. And he's totally in Justin's sight. And Justin's rolling where he's most accurate is when he's on the move. And he doesn't... I mean, when you saw that play, what would you say to yourself? Why aren't you throwing it? Right. Well, we say that a lot. Throw it. Mm-hmm. So those are the questions. I mean, I'm trying to be an ass about it. But those are the questions that are, that are being asked. A lot of times, I would say this to you. A lot of... When I watch the film, the things that leave me more unsettled are things that aren't... That don't happen versus the throws that are made. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like... Processing. Yeah, the decision not to, to do this. That's the... Those are the things I think are the difficult questions. Uh, look, there are certain things he can do that no one else in the league can do. Maybe maybe Lamar, maybe Josh Allen. I mean, and, and, and the kid in Kansas City. But he's not nearly as athletic. I mean, the off-platform plays are the plays that just keep you mesmerized. But you have to ask yourself the question, is that just a sugar high? Is that a sugar high right, or is right. that legit? That's what I like. That's what I tried to bring up. I, I brought it up last week and I brought it up in the pre-show fist fight. Give me a comp to something in life that pings at the highest height but doesn't stay there often. You know what I'm saying? Something that you, it pings, but it just doesn't stay there. And then it, it comes back to the resting area of just sort of average, average and, and, and give you questions. But when it pings, it's a thing of helium. Whip it. Oh, wait, I don't I don't have any experience. You never did. It, did Miller, well, you just, did it just it. for it's like a voice change. You know, I'm but, just saying you look for it, that like, really quick buzz and then you go back to your normal self. Like, you know what I'm thinking of? Like in a, in a video game where like NBA Jam, when the player gets really hot, you know, and, and, and like he's on fire. Like Justin can get to the fire 
And when it's he's but but then he when he's resting, the rest and he stays resting more often than he's ever on fire. That's where I would say that the legitimate when when thirty two teams would evaluate any one player. Those are the questions I can guarantee you because the evaluation process is very nuanced. It's not just. Hey, you threw this for this number of yards and everything. They look inside all of this stuff. How do you play against better defenses versus the lesser defenses? Why did you not make this throw? Why did you read this? Like when you have to make a decision of this magnitude, you got to kick over every rock. You got to, I mean, you got to search in, in places that the average fan who's watching the game on Sunday isn't actually paying attention to. Like if this is, if this is the baseline right here, Mahomes is always up here. Always. That his his he's, normal he's level off. of play is very high. Right. And then Justin Fields will go here, yeah. skyrocket, but then he's down here for long periods of time. Right. And then he'll ping it. Yeah. And then he'll he'll be down. Like well, I'm trying to think of like what a comp in life is to say if you can help me with that. That's why it makes the evaluation different than other players. I think maybe it's like my like the average Joe sex life. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. I want to make a prediction too. Okay. Eddie Jackson gets a pick today. <gasps> no that way. Would no be, one would wow. Eddie Jackson gets in now on the Now you're talking today. crazy. <laughs> crazy. That would be a Christmas miracle, Lance. <laughs> Snap back. Fleckle bent in half. Intercepted Eddie Jackson at the 20-25. To the 15 to the 10. Down near the 1. That was rush and cover, baby. Joe Flacco got bent in half on a hit, threw the ball to Eddie Jackson, no brown in vicinity, blocks from Gordon and company before he's put down to the ground, and the Bears will be first and goal at the one-yard line. Jeniak was juiced up for the game yesterday, too. He was jacked up when we talked to him uh, earlier in the week. Yes. How about Lance? Good job, Lance, predicting an Eddie Jackson interception. I had um, my out on a limb yesterday. Was I, I thought they'd get a pick six. Oh, really? That's a good call. But I thought it would be a pick six from Jalen Johnson. I thought he would jump a route. You know, that, there was opportunities. He did jump one route, I think, where he almost came up with an yes, interception. Yes, yes. But I, and, and, and it turned out they did get a pick six, but it just wasn't Jalen Johnson. And again, um, you're going to get TJ Edwards, who helped cause the pick six. And then Edmund scored. But T.J. Edwards at Edison Park in with Black and Abdallah coming up uh, tonight. EPI, one of our favorite EPI's places. EPI is great. Yes. So it's one of our favorite neighborhoods, too. Edison Park, Black and Abdallah together tonight. Bears night in Chicago. By the way, you realize T.J. Edwards is your leading tackler this year. Mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds is your second leading tackler. T.J. Edwards has two and a half sacks. He's got two interceptions. He's got one uh, forced fumble and two fumble recoveries. I hope he gets some Pro Bowl voting heading his way. Who's the most sure thing for a Pro Bowl? DJ Moore? I would say so. I don't, I, I, again, Tevin Jenkins to me has been as impressive as anyone, including DJ Moore. I don't think he's played enough probably for people to recognize it, but I would say DJ. I hope he gets the, a good number of votes too. I think Jalen Johnson is probably going to get some votes. Mm-hmm. 
But I hope TJ Edwards gets some votes too. He's been spectacular this year. Very, very good. That whole that, that linebacker crew of Edwards, Edmonds, and Sanborn. Like in the secondary. And now they got Montez. Like they've got some pieces. Like, Again, you yes. gotta stop you gotta stop giving up big leads in the fourth quarter. You don't get, you know, you don't you don't get a free pass for that. But should, there is you should some have heard uh, polls yesterday in the pregame. He was pretty he was pretty excited. Well, I think he feels too, I, and I've heard him say he thinks they're a couple players away. I mean, you know, they're important positions. Like you need a difference making three technique and another pass rusher. I mean, if you add those two pieces to that defense, my my expectation is is you're not going to be you're not going to be giving up some of these fourth quarter collapses like that. I You'll also, find more consistency. I, I also think that what what the defense and some of these things have done, at least for. For him, it, it it's shown that the questions about him have been hushed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it, it's the biggest feather in his cap of what the the defense has been able to do. Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles. Yeah, because I mean, he he's put that together. Those are all good young players that he's put together. Yes, I remember that he took some heat for drafting Brisker and Gordon with those second round picks in his first draft. Yeah. There were a lot of people that, that, you know, wanted him to draft offense, and he stayed true to his board. And He could have just he, waved goodbye to Jalen Johnson, and yeah. he could have traded him at the, Same with Tevin at the dead, deadline, right? But, um, you know. There's still a ton of work to be done. Don't course, get me wrong. Yeah. No, but no, there, no, I'm not But there's a lot of things to be happy about and excited about going forward with regard to the rebuilding of this roster. But I think if there's any big development within the building, the biggest development in the building in my book in the last two months has been less questioning of the job that Ryan Poles has done. Because I think I think the sweat acquisition probably does a lot for that. Yeah, and I think the growth of the defense around that too, and I think he's helped that, like you said, but I also think that a lot of the guys have come into their own as well. Um, Jamal on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jamal? Jamal. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Hey, guys. I just got, I just got two quick questions. Mm-hmm. I was born in 77, so when I was eight, the Bears was the greatest of all time. So, the, glory was, the glory year. The glory years. In, yeah, I was born in that, okay? But I got two questions. We hired these guys to be... They learning on the job, correct? Who's that? Who's that? They was they they're here for two years. Every, I mean, everybody they never had this job before. Everybody's learning on the yeah, job. Yeah, right. The offensive coordinators calling plays for the first time. The head coach is the first time head coach. Yes, that's general true. manager. First general time manager, general. first time general manager. Okay, so if you're learning on the job and your arrows pointing up, would you fire me? Well, who's who's whose arrows pointing up? Tell the, me. The whole team. I mean, by, by next year, this year, we got more wins than we had last year. So next year, we're going to have more wins than we had this year. See, I think that's... I don't think you could judge it, like, in general terms like that. I think it's more nuanced. You you tell me Luke Getze's arrows pointing up? You tell me that Matt Eberflus, after not being able to finish double-digit leads and, and historic collapses, his arrows pointing up as a head coach? Absolutely. This, we're not we're not here to win this year, guys. Everybody, everybody. If you was to bet how many years, how many wins was going to have this year, everybody would have said six. 
You're, you're just Nobody talking in general like terms nine, again. 10. But you're here to win double-digit lead games when you have a lead with under four minutes to play and you lead by it, 12 Sylvia. or whatever it is, Jamel. You've I got it, to Sylvia. win those games. Sylvia, I get it. But we don't have the talent for that yet. Now, when we trade this first-round pick... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Get... You had the talent to take a 12-point lead, Jamel. You had the talent there. Absolutely. We should have won this week. But... We're still learning on the job. Everybody's learning on the job how to win. When we when we trade this pick, and we have two more first round picks, so we can get a quarterback for the next three years. Whenever we decide to draft one, we got three years to figure that out. We're gonna get talent. We're gonna improve our team. Make our team like Cleveland. They won with a fourth with a any. You can just throw anybody on our team. We can win once you get talent on your team. Let's get the talent on our team so that we can throw Joe Flacco when he's 50 on our team and we can win 10 games. Let's do that. Then we got to find opponents that actually will cough up a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter. Hey, we got guys dropping balls for 80-yard <laughs> touchdowns. My hands was up when I, I already knew that was a touchdown. Uh, we got guys dropping balls uh, in the fourth quarter wide open. I mean, we need talent, guys. Once we get talent, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. All right, Jamal. Thank you. Thanks, Jamal. Yeah, no problem. There you go. Let's go to Chemo. But where did Chemo go? Did Chemo leave? I think he just dropped off. Uh, let's go to Billy. Bill in Texas. What's on your mind, Bill? Bill. Everyone's sleeping? Napping? Everyone's had enough. Bill. Bill's gone. Let's go to Mark in Oakbrook. Mark, you're on ESPN 1000. Boy, I'm not sleeping this week. Oh, you scared um, me. You had that geez. dramatic pause in there, Mark. Yeah. No, actually, no, those other two guys put me to sleep. Um, wow. Thanks, Mark. I, I appreciate quick, that. I got a quick question. Um, why is the owner of this franchise never held accountable? Oh, I don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> You haven't listened to the show. What, what do you want us to do? You want us to demand that they sell the team? Well, you know, generally the owner of a franchise, if things aren't going well, and you can't beat the Packers, you can't beat teams in your division, you have to at some point bring that person and that individual up into the conversation. You know, she's had the team since 83, took over the franchise, um, and at some point, the decisions of what was made, she's got to be held accountable for. And she never has been. There's no you're talking about, Wait, you're talking about Virginia? Town. You're talking about Virginia now? Of course. Of course. Virginia is like a... Uh, Virginia basically is... Is a, a fig, Is a figurehead, yes. Like, it's been, it's been Michael. Um, it's been Ted... And then it's been George. Like I think, sure, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, I know the succession. Obviously, what happened. You know, all I got to say is, thank goodness. You know, Mr. Hallis hired Jim Feeks, brought him in there. One of the best decisions ever made in this franchise history. No question about it. You know, hired Ditka. But those are all decisions, and the groundwork was laid before she took over the franchise. And you have to look at the decisions that she made. And she was back then 62, maybe, years old. And she was obviously of sound mind and body. And she made those decisions. But when things went wrong with the franchise, 
Nobody ever asked that individual a football question. And you own an NFL franchise. Well, you ask, you ask the president of the person who's involved. You, you ask Michael back in the time. You ask George yeah, now. Still, actually, I actually got to tell you, he's the only one where, from a media standpoint, where, for whatever reason, he was kind of like hit on and beat up a little bit, for the most part. But after that, you really didn't have anything. Bill Tobin, through all those years, I didn't, you know, you have to look at the head coaches that they hired. And the GMs that they hired, it comes at some point, it comes from the top up. And I understand you, you've got to be held responsible. We have a saying for that. I, I mean, I, it starts at the top. I, I've yelled that from the mountaintops for five years. I've yelled that at Ted. I've yelled that at George. Look, I'm hopeful that. Kevin Warren stops the, I've called it the circle of suck. I Like, if there's one show that has always blamed ownership, the fish rots from the head. And the head sure. is ownership. Um, we have always recognized that. It, it, it isn't because of one coach. It isn't because of one general manager. It's because it, it, it's been enabled by the behavior of ownership and the team president. And the it, bad it, decisions that they tired made. of, like, the, like the wash, rinse, repeat. Of yeah. head coach, the OC, the yeah. GM, the false, the receiver, the QB. Yes. Don't you? It, it, it are you kidding? Manning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are you new here? <laughs> no, I, actually, I'm not. But I, actually, I'm almost to the point where I'm tired of talking about it. Bring in like a football guy. Give that person that smart autonomy that built an organization that can come in here and do that here. That's what in this we, city, in this town, and with this franchise. Well, that's kind of what everybody is hoping that Kevin Warren has been hired to do. It's finally there's there's no true nepotism involved with the business or with the football decisions. Here, here, here let's make a date. Okay, do you think it's a football decision, or do you think it's more an economic decision? We we don't we don't We're know. We're gonna find out. Do you have well? Where do you keep? Are you like Waddle? Do you um, just try to memorize your calendar? Or do you um, do you put it in your phone? I actually, I'm more like Waddle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here, I want, yeah. I want you to save the date. I am sending out a save the date for you, Mark. Okay. Well, you don't have you have to have Mark's information to send it out. No, so when I, it, but when does it end, though? Hold we, we, on guys, here, Mark. Hold on. Okay, yeah, go I got to send you. It says save the date. I want you to sure. save uh, the week of January eighth. Okay. Save the okay. date. That's uh, January, January 8th is is what they call Black Monday in the NFL. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Okay, go my calendar. I want okay. you to call that week. I'm hopeful sure. that uh, Kevin Warren will speak, and he will tell us what he's been observing after the Bears make the determination of what they're doing at head coach and what extent the search is going to be. If you don't get okay. the if, – hold on, Mark. If you don't get sure. the answers that you like – from Kevin Warren, you call us back and you could bitch and you could moan. But let's find out then, until he speaks, if it's going to be business as usual or maybe he is the guy that we've been waiting for years for to do business differently. Yeah, from your mouth to God's ears. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. No question. Uh, to be. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm going to ask for, that. for now. We got to see I'll, whether I'll or not. I'll get off, but the only other question I'll ask is that I'd like both your guys' opinions. On what you think that conference will be like, what your what your gut is. 
What did he ask about I, I, what the what, what your gut is? What do you think that'll be? What do you think it'll be like on, You've on January around the franchise? Are we asking about what 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 the, the like? What do you think Kevin Warren's response is going to be? My hope is, is, is that Kevin my my hope is is Thanks, that Kevin Mark. Warren will step to the microphone and say, "I've been here since April. I've observed." Now, what I'm going to do is tell you how I feel about this. And right now, it's, what not, I've, good it's not good enough yes. on a number of fronts. Yes. I've had this conversation with Ryan Poles. Ryan is in charge of football decisions. I will give him my input, but ultimately, all football decisions are his. And hopefully, we have a plan going forward that will bring us to a spot we haven't been in in quite some time here. With the Chicago Bears. I I hope he says this will be a collaborative effort and there will be no resources that we will... uh, Shy away from using. Yes, right. And we will expend all resources to get the best here. Stadium. We're on the brink. And the organization going forward that you have entered into a new dynamic here. All right, we're going to cross talk with those spirited Mark, uh, but I, I I don't think he's ever I, it, heard us talk about that. Before. Yeah, I mean, like I think that finally the hiring of Kevin Warren addressed what he was talking about. Uh, if you want to talk to Black and Abdal, they'll continue to take your calls. We'll cross talk with them. It's brought to you by Steinhoffels, and it's next. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. I don't know. Y'all asked me that, what, last week? Somebody asked me that last week. I'm still like, bro, where are y'all seeing this? Like, what, what makes him not the quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? I get y'all got everybody coming out. What, it's like two of them? I don't think they better than Justin, so they cool. I just like his demeanor. I like the way he plays football. I like the way he approaches his job, and I, I like his personality. He's just relaxed when he meets yeah. me. Though, it changes when uh, one of those quarterbacks oh, he's, is yours then. And then you change yeah, your tone. Of course. But uh, he's defending his quarterback. That's his guy. That's what you're supposed to do. Let's talk to Black and Abdal there at EPI. That's Edison Park Inn. If you're in that great neighborhood of Edison Park, go see Black and Abdallah. Bears night in Chicago. TJ Edwards will join them as well. What's Remember, up, you got you to drive slowly through there because they've got those speed bumps that I almost dropped the transmission in my car one year. You always tell us that. I'm yes. just telling you. I'm still shocked the time that I drove flying through there, guys. Thought I lost the back axle on my vehicle. <laughs> What's up, guys? Yeah, I mean, slow down, man. This is a right. fun part of the city. This is a great place to be at. Yes, Absolutely. I want to know, Sylvie, where's the party tonight? Party is at uh, in Rosemont. He's okay. having a pants I'm party. Not, I'm not, I don't want anyone crashing, so I'm not going to give away That's the fine. restaurant. I just see the fancy shirt, and I'm like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Sylvie's ready. Well, yeah. we have festive lights here, so we we're do. ready for the holidays. This, oh. this is. Uh, I wish that tonight was uh, more of a celebratory uh, conversation we'll with Bears fans. Chris, if, uh, they were the, the, if they were playing the standard three-quarter game, they would be. Man. Well. How, okay, so because I felt something yesterday. I mean, you guys, when, when the play, the, the Hail Mary didn't work, I fell to the floor. I haven't, I haven't been that invested thinking, mm-hmm. like, we have a chance in right. quite some time. I felt something as a fan. Me too, But unfortunately, Chris. it just fell apart. And, and I think what you guys, you guys have laid out all day has been this idea, like, unfortunately, things are going to have to change. 
Even yes. if we thought it was heading in the right direction, even if we thought the quarterback could do something, even though the, the coach was getting the team to play for them, it looks like they're going to have to make changes here. I, I, I would think so. I mean, Chef if, if you're an odds maker, if you're an odds maker in Vegas, I would think that that is the direction most are leaning. Shefty well, said, though, on uh, McAfee today, he still thinks that he's got a chance to save his job, believe it or not. So I think he does. But my philosophy is I'm more sold on the quarterback change than I am on the coaching change. And to me, if you're going to change the quarterback, you got to change the yes, coach. I think yeah. like, that's more... I could see them saying, be like, hey, like, listen, you guys heard uh, Eberflus talk this morning before he joined you guys in the press conference. He put out his resume. Like, that's what he was doing. <laughs> he did. When right, he goes, when he's listing all the credentials. He updated he did. the, the he LinkedIn goes, page. He goes, since week 11, we've got 12 interceptions, 14 takeaways. We're first in the NFL. We've got 14 points off of turnovers <laughs> yesterday. Our return yards have gone up, which is great. We've outscored our opponents 39 to oh, 39 to nothing in the third quarter in the last five games. And the addition of Montez Sweat, guys. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to this. I'm like, does he think he's meeting with... Polls and Warren right interview. now? Like, Did he forget he about the 212-yard fourth-quarter performance? Well, you don't put from... the bad jobs on the on the resume. Well, I, right? I know, right. but like, I you know. I to work for a week, right? You don't put that on the resume. When you say, do, can we contact your previous employers, you go, no. Yeah, but like when, you, <laughs> when you're putting together your, you know, your, your highlight reel, I mean, we all have seen this is your job isn't behind closed doors. We've all seen it. So... I mean, you can say what you want, but yeah, it is what it is. And it's, uh, it sucks because this is the season that could have been. Yeah. Like, that, that's the thing I keep they coming back to. They could have been somebody. They could have been somebody. These three games that they, they blown at the end where they really had control of the full game until the final couple moments, like, this team had a chance. They were unable to do it. And so with sports like Waddle, like, what you're saying, like, the, the fact of it is you, you, you lose your job under those circumstances. I was just hopeful that they were playing the Cardinals and the Falcons to set up 8-8 eight and eight against the Packers. Well, and, and Sylvie, you know what's crazy about that is this weekend, everything broke their way. Yes. Cincinnati showed up. They beat the Vikings. You needed that. I think the last Tampa couple showed weeks, up. Chris. Tampa shows up to, to Lambeau Field. They outplay the Packers. You needed mm-hmm. that. You had it gifted mm-hmm. to you. All you had to do. And you and were Sylvia, I, I heard you say it earlier this afternoon. They threw three quarters. It was all right there in front of them. That's all they had to do. Win the game. Get a couple first downs with the offense. Uh, move the football. Keep possession. Uh, you know, yeah. Justin Jones dropped back just a little bit more in coverage. <laughs> like, I mean, Get we had it. in your drop, Justin. <laughs> It's it's you know it's so frustrating. And Donald Mooney, catch the ball. Yeah, I know. I hope your guest tonight gets some Pro Bowl votes because he deserves them. He's he's part of the future going forward. And you know there are some things even in a dark moment like this and how everyone feels. There are some things to be optimistic about for he's sure. He's all over the place. And I got when they when he forced the fumble and then Tremaine Edmonds grabbed the ball and ran it to the end zone. I like the back of my head was like, oh, that was very Briggs and Urlacher like. Yeah. Like it Ooh. just like the the small spark of those two playing well together. They are all over the place. Yeah. The same. I'm not saying they're Briggs and Urlacher. They've got a long way to go to get there. But like that's how it felt watching those two guys play. And, and Sanborn is Hunter Hillenmeyer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully without the mountain of concussions. That oh, right. Exactly. You guys are right on that.
Absolutely. All right. Uh, Crosstalk brought to you by Steinoffels. Thank you to them. A Black and Abdallah again. Bears Nine in Chicago at Edison Park. And go out and see the guys. Thanks to Tyler Aki and Jeff Meller. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Monday night.